0: Reach the Spiritual Frequency, a podcast about magic, metaphysics, and mysticism in the modern world. My name is Dana Jean Walter, and I am here with you from Camp Athena, the She Shed, and Sonic Priestess, along with my cohort in crime, Miss Tangie Cassidy of Grown-Ass Witch. Hello, hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing okay. So we're here today to continue part two of our series on working with deity. So we are very excited about what came out of us last week and we're hoping it comes out this week is really awesome too. So, what are we working on today with this series? Well, so we gave some
1: thought to doing a series about working with Deity and part of it is why do you want to work with Deity? Like Most of the time it's because we're asking for help with something. Either we want something to go away or we want something to get to us. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there is some work that can be done around that so that you can help Deity help you. And so there are a lot of terms for this kind of magical work um but the ones we wanted to talk about today have specifically to do with road openings uncrossings and decortings and there might be some tangents in there
0: because well it's us it's us (laughs) so uncrossing is relatively new to me um in terms of formalized practice i think uh, all of us have done some forms of this naturally when we come to the magical path because we you know can feel how things are out of flow sometimes mm-hmm. when we're aware and in, in congress and with ourselves instead of being as you know clueless like we are sometimes or not able to have perspective um so uncrossing crossing work is something that i am having a lot of trouble with formulizing myself okay so can we talk about like what is uncrossing to be you know, where it's, what's its roots where does it come from um so i don't want to like claim to be an expert on the subject
1: i grew up in uh, florida where i was lucky enough to grow up uh, around a lot of people of caribbean and latino descent and traditions so this is something that i learned growing up where i grew up um there there's some crossover between um root work so conjure hoodoo magic and um, santeria or brujeria work there's some crossover there Um, so uncrossing I think of it as this it is something that you do to remove a hex or a cross condition that's been placed on you by someone else or possibly yourself so it's for removing things when I think about road opening road opening removes obstacles that are preventing you from getting what you want but it also draws in conditions that are conducive for getting what you want so there's both a repelling shit you don't want and attracting things you do want when you're doing a road opening so that one for me has got a little more zing but I like combining those things because sometimes the thing that's crossing you up is powerful um, and sometimes the thing that you want needs a little extra food too so they
0: don't exist in isolation let's talk about the definition of being crossed okay so like I think it's really easy sometimes to get into the trap of saying that my life is not working my magic is not working because it's someone else's fault (laughs) somebody did some shit to me and threw some shit at me and so therefore I can blame someone else for my shit not working it's really easy trap i'm not saying that it's not a thing that people throw stuff at you because we're humans and people do and a lot of times they do so unconsciously Mm -hmm. so the frequencies get uh crossed up and and interfere it's kind of like a radio signal if you have two radio signals that are broadcasting in an area but one of them has a more powerful antenna it will override and cross over And then when you try to listen to your, like, AM, this was happening to me last night. My AM station was so crossed up by whatever other frequencies that were, that I, it was, I could not listen to it at all. I had to turn it off. Okay. And so I think in my perception of how you get crossed up, it's like that. It's like someone's, either someone's frequency is overpowering yours Or you have yourself, because this is also a condition, Mm -hmm. you have gotten in your own way to such a degree that you have completely twisted your shit up and it is not flowing.
1: Right. So you can get crossed up by somebody else intentionally crossing you up.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You can get crossed up by somebody unintentionally crossing you up. Um, They didn't mean to do it. You just happened to walk through that shit and now it's stuck on you. You can cross yourself up. Intentionally, because you keep making self-deprecating comments about yourself and calling yourself a dummy, right? Right. Or you've got a self-esteem problem that you refuse to do anything about. You're doing that to yourself consciously. Or you can cross yourself up subconsciously because you've got some programs that are always playing in the back of your mind that you haven't dealt with yet. Or even know that they're there. Right. So there's lots of ways that you can get crossed up and have obstacles pop up between you and what you say you want. And a lot of it has to do with not
0: being consistent in what you say and what you do. And I think, too, you know, there's a certain kind of manifestation magic in, you know, in a fake it till you make it way. Like, if I say I want these things enough, I can make them true. Maybe. In, 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 maybe, in You know, which sometimes is also the trap of the positive thinking movement or the law of attraction movement, where I think is only getting part of the process. Yeah, because acting as if is not the same as being. Mm-hmm. And I think at the root, you have to understand that there are, we self-sabotage ourselves in everything we do all the time based on what we've talked about this before. If your unconscious mind is not convinced that this is the reality the one that you want to have happen, if it isn't on board with it, it's not happening. Right. So when you sit down and let's say you're
1: doing a manifestation practice and you have jumped on the train of like, I'm going to make a vision board. That's awesome. Make your vision board. Put your dreams up there. Put some symbolism up there. Make them something that you can look at and see as a concrete reality that, that you can grasp. It's not enough just to walk by that every day. It's not enough just to look at that every day. You have to keep building your reality to match that vision. It means fucking work. Right. And sometimes that work is getting out of your own way. So if you come from a place where you dwell in a, in a constant perpetual belief that there is not enough for everybody, that means there's not enough for you, right? Because you're going to be the first one to say, I'm not worthy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or if you have a different personality type, Then let me be a martyr and give to others. There could be some other reasons this happened. I'm not a psychologist. I only know from my own personal experience. And I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't normal. But. (laughs) (laughs) Saint, (laughs) goddess, and all things holy are not normal. But I am willing and able to step up to and be accountable for my own shit. And that's a step that will get overlooked first and foremost if you are in a hurry to get the results. You may get them temporarily. You may get them partially, but you're probably not going to have a lasting, sustainable result that you carry forth into your life for the rest of the future, ever and ever. Amen.
0: Well, I think that's the, if there was anything cautionary that we were to uh, put out there from our own experience, again, we're not experts, um, but within our own experience in our own magical paths of understanding that magic at its core is a wild thing. Mm. All right. And nobody's really the boss of it. You can move it in the direction that you need it to go with your process and your work and your enchantment work. But there's always going to be even the best magicians, the best witches know that sometimes the wild factor will dominate the situation. Yeah. And things can go sideways and go awry or not hit the target.
1: Well, which is why you need to have a practice, or you need to have a friend. So maybe we should we should time stamp this, who's gonna look you right in the face when you say, "Well, I want to do X, Y, and Z to get this into my life, and that's my plan." You need a friend that can look you right in the face and go, "Are you sure?" Mm-hmm. Because "Are you sure" means more than "Do you want it." It means "Are you sure you can deal with the consequences." that are going to fall out from this? Are you sure you have the energy to do this? Are you sure you have the discipline to do this? Are you sure you're willing to make the sacrifices that are going to be required to do this? Are you sure you're going to be able to ride the wild donkey of chaos that's going to come crashing through your life when you ask for this? Are you sure? That's the question you should answer before you do a fucking thing. Right. It's important. I'm not saying that bad things are always going to happen, but unexpected things tend to be the norm
0: well and learning just like in sword fighting you can plan all the moves and you can know all the moves but you still don't know what's going to happen you just have a palette of options to apply in a sequence that makes the most sense to stay alive and then to get an advantage on your opponent magic is the same way you can prepare and have everything you know mapped out to a degree but you have to know when to pivot and how Mm -hmm. to do so and the last thing i mean you can have all the plans in the world and have the perfect spell but in the background running in your program if you haven't prior to executing the spell uncrossed and asked for some help with road opening and decorted some stuff and done the groundwork to make sure that that magic has the best optimum chance to hit its target. It's going to blow up in your face. And you're going to be like, oh, I can't do this. Like, well, but she didn't do all the things that you needed to do. Or it doesn't If you ask for it and you don't do the
1: work to clear the path for it, it's going to take a long time to get to you. It's going to maybe run out of energy before it hits you. right? And right? it might twist up. Yeah. And like it's like a bird crashing into a window. You know, the bird was going somewhere and didn't see that there was a barrier. It's the same thing with your intentions and your enchantments. You know that if there's something that's missing in your life that you really want, that you haven't been able to make happen, chances are it's because there's something in the way. Chances are. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's something you've put there, maybe something that somebody else has put there. But if there are some simple rituals that you can observe, some simple habits that you can observe that are gonna clear that stuff away and make it easier for the magic to flow
0: to you why wouldn't you do it but it's part of the discipline it's like exercise it's like eating healthy food it's like taking a bath on a, like clean yourself good hygiene this is energetic magical hygiene that we're talking about
1: yeah we're talking about flossing your teeth okay mm-hmm. it, we all know we should do it do we do it as routinely as we should probably not do we need to be reminded of the consequences of not doing it Probably, but in reality, we're probably not going to grok it until we start seeing those consequences manifest in our face. So, Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same about dealing with your magical hygiene. If you're going to petition deity to assist you in an enchantment for something that you want, you should probably make some efforts to go out and sweep the front steps, right? hmm Clean the floors, <laughs> right? Spray some nice smelling stuff in the air, maybe some rose water, like set the environment so that those conditions are conducive to that relationship and what you're asking. You're asking a favor. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't you ask it in a way that's going to be the most beneficial way to ask a favor? Please. And thank yous matter. And sometimes they are not just words, they're actions. Please. I really want so and so to love me. Are you sure? Number one, are you sure? Have you checked with so and so's previous lovers and found out that they're uh, lazy or clingy or, or abusive? Yeah, like why, why? Are you sure? And then there are. If you are sure, what are what are the conditions around that? Like, how, do you want them to like love you for a little while? Do you want them to be your life partner? Like, there's all kinds of groundwork that needs to be done. But if in the background. You are telling yourself that you are not worthy of love and nobody can put up with your shit because you're so unique and special or weird or whatever. It ain't gonna happen. So get down to the business of making yourself worthy of what you're asking for. If you're gonna walk the road, be road ready and be road worthy. Some of those paths you haven't been able to take because you're not ready. You're not the person that you need to be to go there yet. So it means, oh, God, I have to do that deep psychological shit.
0: Yes. Ugh. You do. (laughs) And any teacher worth their salt is going to keep hold you accountable to doing that. You're a grown-ass person. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. This is advice from experience and also at the beginning of the learning curve for me. Like I've said, I think, in the past, if you'd have told me, 10 years ago that I'd be formally studying magic I told you to go fuck yourself because that's never <laughs> happened um, <laughs> how it's come about largely is exactly that cliche that says when the student is ready the teacher will come and that is what happened to me and I am absolutely thrilled that it's happening but it it's like I thought I was doing pretty decent work up to this point and I realized I have been crazy poser about some things that I'm and it's just from a, a lack of information you know I think it's hard in this day and age where we have which is it's wonderful it is absolutely wonderful that I can go to a bookstore even a big chain bookstore and there's a whole section on magic what whether or not I personally think that a lot of that content is viable is aside the the point because a lot of it I think is crap but the fact that a person and and many of us that have perused that area can pull a book off a shelf that everybody knows we're standing in that section. Everybody can see that we're in the spiritual, magical woo-woo section of the bookstore and we're standing there reading books and no one is setting us on fire. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? Thank you. Thank you. It just, you. it bothers me that the content there is not necessarily vetted and is in a lot of ways kind of the wild west In terms of magical practice so plus then you have the whole cultural appropriation aspect and you know being sensitive to that and and you know we we both were at a lecture with a a wonderful conjurer and um hoodoo person who's also uh, has been on order of the druid for a long time and she was like you know it's okay for people to utilize stuff from other things as long as they accredited appropriately and be respectful of the lineage so like understand that some of things that you come across that may sing to your bones isn't maybe necessarily your faith path but just honor it and i think you know you can be okay with that for yourself if it if it's again something you've worked with right so a magical practice or habit or ritual is not
1: necessarily a religious thing it's a um, it's a path yeah i'm trying to I, i'm having a hard time articulating it like you just because you do an uncrossing bath doesn't mean that you have to all of a sudden start worshiping somebody from a Yoruba tradition. That's that's not what it means. It is a tool that is available for you to have a conversation with magic to get what you want. You do not necessarily have to be indoctrinated into a religious order or to tradition have, yeah. to have access to the tools it's like saying you can't use a metric wrench unless you're working on a Honda right that's not the way it works the metric wrench is gonna work on anything that has metric nuts and bolts in it right and that's the same way with magic so the tool is gonna work on anything that has magic and intention and integrity in it it doesn't matter if you are a Southern Baptist, or if you are Jewish, or if you are um, a Bruja, or
0: if you are a Wiccan, or, or if a you... Gnostic, or a Buddhist,
1: <laughs> chaos magician, what? Ha- it doesn't matter because the tool still performs its function. Correct. The relationship with deity is something separate that can be used in
0: concert if you have that relationship. And then largely the part of this part too, as it relates to working with deity is deity is going to give you a lot of times exactly what you asked for. But if you're not clear at your foundational level about what that actually is, you can't be blaming deity when it goes sideways because you didn't clear your, you didn't clear your path. Like that's not deity's job. Or because it took a long time. Right. Um, like you, you
1: needed $500 in a week. And you didn't clear the path and deal with your money blockages and be open to accepting the money when it started to show up. That's not magic's fault, right? It's just you were not aware or you were blocking yourself. You weren't aware of your blockages. It's just it, magic is not
0: put in a quarter and get a result. Right. It's not a vending machine. <laughs> um it needs more and and working with deity is the same way that's about relationship building like we've talked about so these are two tools like you know i see magic as a separate and energy in the universe that deity is in congress with as opposed to like magic and deity are the same thing it's a language
1: i think that we used to speak to each other and that means there are misinterpretations and misunderstandings and um sometimes things get a little weird that's okay Mm -hmm. if anything's happening at all for me i'm like well that was not what i expected but something happened um so something i did was right which is why i'm always like write everything down write everything down write everything down so i can troubleshoot it right oh shit! this was the frame of mind that i was in when i was doing that i was dealing with this whole abandonment issue with my father came up again that week and and then I was like looking to like heal my relationship with uh, a male person in my life and it went all sideways because oh yeah I was still hurt and upset and scared about losing my dad so I pushed this dude away shit that's on me Mm -hmm. that's on me I may have enchanted my little pants off but I didn't get out of the way you don't
0: wear pants no
1: (laughs) fuck pants
0: fuck pants fuck pants 2020 (laughs) 11 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, It's just like, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, I just want to make sure that we're clear that magic and deity are different yeah. things, but work in Congress together mm-hmm. and feed on each other when we're directing our focus to ask both to service our, our request. And these today's episode is a lot about how you clear the way of, you know, being responsible for clearing your own crap. Clearing crap that people have maybe thrown at you and clearing things that you've accidentally walked through and it sticks. Yeah. Like poop on your shoe. Yeah. It's gross, dude. Like sometimes it just happens. And if you, like
1: us, run in circles with magical creatures, there's a higher probability that you're going to step on something that wasn't intended to you. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we're only human. All of us have bad days. All of us get into moods and funks and little petty rages about stuff. And sometimes we're not the best about our energetic boundaries and hygienes, and maybe some stuff gets dropped or flung around and we're not intentionally meaning to cross up our friends, but there we just did
0: it. Right. And this isn't, yeah. And that's a really good point because it's not just about what gets flung at you, but also what you're flinging around. Mm -hmm. Especially when they're in the middle of a pandemic and everyone's freaking out. (laughs) Yeah. I think the
1: anxiety quotient is off the chart sometimes, and I find that that is sort of counterintuitive when I'm trying to work with magic. I can't have anxiety be part of the picture for me um, because it undermines my belief.
0: And I think it ra- it acts as an amplifier to things that are not uh, in everyone's best interest. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Like you do what you guys do. That's
1: totally fucking cool. Um, I'm just trying to make sure that anxiety is not a part of the picture for me anymore. Like there are emotions that I just don't like to bring into the picture. Now, there are some people who will say that like emotions don't fucking matter to magic. Like you don't. It doesn't matter what you're feeling. And and while I understand that and I accept that that could be part of your process. For me, my understanding of the way my brain works. Is this emotion is part of every fucking thing that I do I can't get away from it it is programmed into my subconscious it has to do with my perspectives and my biases and my beliefs and my patterns like it's all based upon emotional reactions to stuff so for me separating emotion from magic is almost impossible we'll just say it's improbable so when I'm in a funk or I'm in a state where I'm down on myself or I'm down on humans or what have you I try not to do the magic, right? Just because I know it's going to get really like snarled up and I'm going to get either unwanted stuff or I'm not going to get what I'm asking for and then that's going to get frustrating because then I'm going to start the whole, like, I suck and I'm not good at this and I don't have any magic in me and all this other garbage is going to start playing that I could have avoided by simply saying, you know what, I'm not in the place to do this right now.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I need to sit down and work on my feelings about stuff. Maybe I need to paint. Maybe I need to color. Maybe I need to throw something. I don't know. But I got to deal with the feelings that might get in the way. That's the surface stuff.
0: The stuff that's playing in the subconscious is different. That's deep. So when we counsel to say, like, take a look before you're going to be doing a working to decide if you need to do some uncrossing work, um, according to many practices of the tradition, because it happens in a lot of different traditions, there are there's some math involved. There's some sequencing involved. There's um, materia and ingredients that are involved. Um, so we're just going to highlight a few things. We're going to say a lot of stuff. We're going to link some, um, you know, stuff up that are easy for you to, to follow and see how it sings in your bones. But let's talk about the process of uncrossing specifically. So what do we need? What, it, what are some ways to do an uncrossing? Okay, so... An uncrossing practice,
1: I'm going to try and stay away from the word ritual because to me that implies religion, right? An uncrossing practice can be an uncrossing bath, uh, can be an uncrossing candle, can be an uncrossing perfume or cologne that you wear on your person, can be a full out casting a circle and calling upon the elements and deity to help you remove stuff. It depends on how far you want to go. And what you want to do. How much time do you have? Generally, they work better if you do them over a period of days. One shot is probably not enough. It's just like if you're spraying for ants, right? You're going to spray ant spray one time on one ant and that's going to take care of your problem? No, Right? So be prepared to do it a number of days. And that may mean that you want to prepare enough bulk materials for your potion or your lotion or, or what have you to get you through a period of three, seven, nine, 14, 30 days, right? Depending on how big that obstacle is and how persistent it's been. You have to be the judge. You know how big the energy is that you're dealing with. Nobody can tell you that. Not for real, not for you. Like, you know what the impact is on you. Like you can go to somebody who's sensitive and they can say like, Oh, I feel like there's a major obstacle about you and money. What does that mean? What does major mean to them? Does it mean the same thing that means to you? No, but you know how big that obstacle is to you. Like, you know how persistent it is. So if it's a small thing, like, yeah, money comes and money goes, maybe that's like a three day working. But if it's a big thing, like there is never enough and there's not enough for everybody and I'm never gonna get what I need, that's big. You might need to work that for a month. You might need to work that for three months. However long it takes for you to let go of that belief. It's not enough just to pour some water over your body and ask the spirits to help you uncross that condition. You have got to say, I need to uncross this belief that there's not enough money or I need to uncross this belief that money is the most important thing in life, whatever that is. And then you got to do the work. So it's not it's not just a practice of pouring some water and herbs over your head. It's a practice of calling your consciousness to the problem, calling your magic to the problem and then being willing and able to do the work that's going to come as a result. If you think you're gonna pour some uncrossing bath over your head for 30 days working on a money block and you're not gonna have some shit about money come up during that time, you're mistaken.
0: (laughs) Sometimes the antithesis to what you're doing is the medicine. Mm -hmm. So uncrossing will help remove
1: those cross conditions for you if they're conditions that have been placed on you by another or placed on you by yourself, it will remove them if you do the work. That makes the path clear. doesn't make the path easy, but it makes the path clear
0: for the magic to flow to you. What's some shit you can use? Well, as always, so if you're going to do the bath aspect, which means either soaking in it or pouring it over your head, it, it's mm-hmm. what, whatever feels right for you. I cannot do the soaking part. So I have to do the pour over my head part and, and down my body, you know, so uh, s- sea salt, really good mm-hmm. um, process It help it because it's in the crystal kingdom. It is really good on cleansing and uh, crystallizing your intention, you know, or making it concrete, making it real in this reality because it's also part of an elemental aspect. Mm-hmm. It is earth. Um, lemon, Mm -hmm. super easy to acquire, whether that's fresh juice of lemon or even, you know, just a, you know, concentrated lemon. It just needs to be of the, um, herb Uh, direct or, you know, direct materia as opposed to like an essential oil. Like you can use essential oils if you have to, but if you can do the fresh herbs or the, or the foodstuffs, that's better.
1: Lemon, not lemon flavored. Okay. So Kool-Aid's not going to get it.
0: No. Lemon. But like I've used real lemon. But that's real lemon. But it's, yeah, it's concentrated real lemon. So, because um, sometimes you just, you know, we're here in Minnesota and you can't always get citrus mm-hmm. in the middle of February. <laughs> that's not 80 billion, you know, monies or, and who knows with this pandemic how our food chain's going to be. So, like, it's like there's some, there's some hacks. So, um, and what else? Uh, vinegar mm-hmm. is a good thing. That vinegar works really great because it's so strong. Like, if it's something really persistent, that you're trying to clear and it just doesn't want to move adding vinegar helps oomph the the you know cleansing process just like vinegar is so useful for all kinds of different things
1: well and it dissipates fast Mm -hmm. so for me that's like stuff is dissipating around me fast whatever it is as the vinegar smell is going away so is the um, attachment or whatever you want to call Mm
0: -hmm. it yeah and there's lots of other you know herb material uh, those are three things that are most people have in their house and like if you're hearing this podcast you're like "Ooh, that zings with me I need to do it on crossing and you do some research on it which I recommend don't just do it because we said it and it's hard to go out and get some of this stuff there's a lot of material that I normally get um, ordering things online from from Etsy or from Amazon or you know other stores directly that everybody's stuff is delayed so if it's something that you feel like I need to do this right now and I want to do it, I'm pretty sure you have vinegar in your house. I'm pretty sure you have some sea salt, you know, or Himalayan salt or something. And I'm pretty sure that you have some, you know, aspect of lemon. I picked up all of those things at my local dollar store.
1: So mm-hmm. you know, for three bucks, I've got what I need for a week easily. Right. So right. um it doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be difficult to find if you don't have it at home. Um I am sort of like cruising around at retailers that carry food stuff that maybe most people don't go to, to minimize my contact right now. And the, my local dollar store has been sort of a godsend for helping me stock up on magical ephemera that I need to do my work. So mm-hmm. I'm just putting that out there.
0: And botanicas, if you're, you know, in in some of the more uh, culturally diverse neighborhoods, you they always will carry stuff like this. Also... Um, your grocery stores can have some of that stuff too and if you can't get like the direct herbs like there's rosemary there's mint there's lemon balm there's there's lots of different kind of things depending on each each plant ally has its own magic that it can help it's not like everybody's just generic it's right. like everybody has a thing that they bring to the mix to the to the recipe um depending on what your intention is like there are certain things that you Probably only want to use for money clearing and versus a clearing thing about love relationships or clearing things about familial, um, you know, lineage things. So like there there are recipes that are specific ally herb allies or plant allies coming to help you with specific things. Right. And
1: depending on, you know, what pathway or what spiritual walk you're taking, those things may be different. There's a reason why there are so many terms for this that stuff that it's kind of sounds like the same stuff like road opening and blockbusting and cross clearing and what the hell is Van Van oil and like it's because there's a crossover between um, pathways here. So road opening work in Santeria or brujeria culture um, has to do with a particular plant um, that grows in South Florida where I grew up and in the Caribbean called Abre Camina, which means open road, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're doing road opening work in those traditions, you better have some avrakamina in it, right? Because that's the herb that does that. And that's as simple as plucking some leaves off of this beautiful plant and some flowers and throwing them in the bathtub with you. Done. But if you don't happen to live in South Florida or the Caribbean, then, you know, you grab your vinegar and your lemon and some salt and get on with it. Um, It's not hard. It's just a matter of you doing it. Um, And which is why we would suggest, you know, if... I have some difficulty sometimes with the discipline of like pulling together all of these ingredients and going into sanctified space and, you know, cleansing everything and consecrating everything and charging everything, your spirits of water and spirits of vinegar and spirits of lemon and spirits of salt and like having conversation every single day before I go to take a shower or a bath. No, no. Mix up enough of that stuff for seven days and move on with your life. Keep it in the bathroom and you're good to go. I wouldn't go beyond seven days because we're talking about um, some biological stuff here. I mean, the vinegar kills most anything, but the lemon, depending on the shelf life, if you're using real lemon or if you're using a, a lemon you know, juice or something, those things can get a little
0: a little weird. They funk out. Yeah. I wouldn't go more than a week, but that's just me. We're talking about botanicals. So they, they have a, a shelf life of, you know, they're in the process of decomposition just like right. we are. When once, they're cut off from their source. Once you so, add water, things start happening. I think it's a, all the elements <laughs> work together there, and it's like, oh, and
1: then you like, what is in the stinky jar? Yeah, don't pour that on your head. If it smells funky, start over. <laughs> Please. You don't want me pouring any moldy, weird shit on you. That's
0: not going right. to help. It's not helpful. <laughs> So, and you know Tanji referred to like the getting into elevated space and taking all the components that you're doing and making sure they are clean and making sure you have worked with each element each part of the recipe that's my thing if that doesn't call to you don't 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 you know whatever no, that's my thing too <laughs> I personally that's about relationship building for me I mean you get to do what you do but I guess good luck with your magic because that's like. Plucking somebody out of their element, shoving them into yours and asking them, you're going to do this thing, but you haven't built a relationship with them. That's just rude. Well, it's (laughs) it's, again, it's like you're dropping a quarter in. Well, I'll play the song for you once.
1: Right. But I'm not playing it for you on repeat. Um, And so understand, like, my feeling is that everything has energy, right? And if everything has energy, that means everything is sovereign. It has its own way of being and that needs to be honored. So I don't treat anything in my natural environment like it's an on-demand servant. I treat everything like, you know, it's a potential ally and in some cases, you know, sort of a, I'm going to keep you at arm's distance ally because some of these things are not always friendly. You know, they, they don't always play the same way that they did the last time. So respect and caution when you're delving into a world that you don't normally live in on a day-to-day. It's just like dealing with strangers, right? You don't just like walk up to people and go, hey man, give me a 20. Wow, who are you, why should I give you my money? Hey baby, give me a kiss. I'm sorry, who are you and why should I share my lips with you? It's the same when you're interacting with other spirits and elementals like, oh, I maybe need to ask for the favor and I maybe need to demonstrate some good faith. Hmm. And.
0: Offer some, some food up yeah, for them. So, so you get to be what you need to be in your own practice of however you build relationship with these. Our recommendation is also don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, you know, basically. Oh, basically. Like, like, you know, you would like to, you're not going to do this like a one and done. This has to be something, once you step on it, that you commit yourself to. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, Tangie, but if you like, say I say I'm going to do a 30 day uncrossing process, you start the process, you get to day 15, and you forget for two days, you got to start, start the over. fuck all over. You broke it. Because you were building energy. Yep. You are building energy.
1: You we're building energy in that. Ugh. Well, you can't pick up where you left off. It's, it's not a movie. You can't hit pause. Um, energy needs to be fed. It needs to keep moving forward. If you stop feeding it, there's going to be a decline in the energy. You can try to pick up where you left off. You can try, but I'm, I'm thinking what the spirits are going to interpret that is, is you went for 15 days, you stopped for two. So at the end of that 15 days, they're going to shove that boat out on the water for you. Right.
0: And if you're not in it, it's off.
1: Yeah. Well, there's the energy that 15 days gave it. So let's see how far it goes. And then you start working again and they're going to be like, bitch, I just did this for you. Okay, here we go again. So we're building the energy again and you think you're at day 30, but you're actually at day 13 now. So you drop the energy and they put the boat in the water and they give it a shove this time with only 13 days worth of energy behind it. Good luck. Um, So it's just being mindful of sort of the the dynamic there, that energy flow, the energy building. Like if you're going to get up and you're going to wild out and you're going to dance to your favorite song, you're not stopping in the middle, are you? Please tell me you're not stopping in the middle, (laughs) right? You're going to go till you can't go anymore and then you're going to get what you needed out of it. It's kind of the same here. Don't stop in the middle. Keep going. If you do stop in the middle of your favorite song, start it over start it over because it's your favorite song who cares Mm -hmm, right um but you know those are just my beliefs about it i could be totally completely utterly wrong but i just
0: have a suspicion that that's the way energy works so you have your your goal that you want to achieve with doing whatever magic so you say okay well i'm gonna do a plan because i know i've got some blockage around this issue and if i want to have my magic work as as highly probable to hit the target as possible i need to do some unclearing so i've talked to this to uh, you know divine about it mm-hmm. um and then come up with your recipe that that is about you building relationship with these elements that are helping you you do your uncrossing for say seven days just as a hypothetical example you can do it for a week you can do anything mm-hmm. for a week right you do this every day where you're you know doing this practice and going on about your business and then it comes time to do your magical working and you find out that you still have some resistance to this even though you've done all the commitment and whatever it's okay because it just means this is a deeper thing Mm -hmm. and so then you get to ascertain like okay well I've done this uncrossing work for seven days and I feel like I got somewhere but I didn't quite feel that I've cleared enough then but then my the the moon cycle that i was attaching this magic to is happening what do you do do you go do another uncrossing series and postpone the enchantment do you do the enchantment with what you got knowing that you're probably going to have to do some stuff later What well do you
1: do? there are there are some other tools So you've done your uncrossing work, which is removing a hex or a cross condition that's been placed on you. Maybe it's also a good idea to, in concert with, not in lieu of, but in concert with, to petition a deity or an ancestor of your choice to help you with some road opening work, which is removing obstacles that are preventing you from getting what you want and drawing the thing that you want to you. So you're gonna double up on your obstacle removing, right? And you're gonna get some blessings thrown at you in the process. So what does that look like? What does road opening work look like? It's different, I think, to every person. For me, road opening work is that I have a particular deity that I like to work with for road opening work because he is a removal of obstacles and a hell of a good time, right? And I sit down every day and I have an altar built to this deity and I give him offerings of some beautiful fresh cold water or maybe some tea that I've made and maybe some flowers are on his shrine and I sit down every day and I recite a mantra maybe 108 times maybe 216 times maybe a thousand times just depending on how fervent my desire is to have that road opened and I talk to him about what it is that I really really want to manifest and ask for some help pushing stuff out of the way that's between me and that which I desire I do that Every day. It is part of my morning wake-up routine. Get up, have a pee, wash my hands, brush my teeth, feed the dog, get to work on my road opening work. Every day, without fail. And if I should miss a day, the next day, I double up. More offerings, more mantras, more time. He is a little bit more forgiving. He is. (laughs) Thank God (laughs) that he is. (laughs) Well, and, you know, easily pacified with some sweets or
0: yeah yeah he's pretty he's, <laughs> his world is easy and delightful so ah. so and that's a form of road opening and so depending upon your relationships that you build with your deity be that it is it could be prayer work it could be doing good deeds you know as a part of like if you want help help someone else like it it can be you know whatever feels right in your bones with the idea of your opening the way Right.
1: And if you're a person who visualizes, visualize barricades being taken down, visualize Mm -hmm. roads being open, visualize yourself driving in baby with Sam and Dean down the highway with nothing between (laughs) you and what it is you're going for. Whatever your visualization is about
0: the road being open, that can be helpful. Mm -hmm. One of the things I also do a lot, um, I try to do this at least every quarter of the year with the season shift. Um, as a maintenance practice. And then I do it more in between those four times if I feel it's necessary. And that is, I think, in my opinion, would be really great as the first thing you did before you started doing road opening. And here's why. Um, This is a process called decording. Yes, please. (laughs) Preach. So decording (laughs) is a practice I've been doing for a very long time. Honestly, no idea where the lineage lies in this because I, I think it's just really old. Um, but it, it's more of an energetic practice as opposed to lineage that I can find, but it goes like this. So our chakra system, uh, has the, the basics of our chakra system are seven, seven entry points. Right. So little swirling energy vortices, Right. So they're at the root and our sacral and our our solar plexus, our heart chakra, our throat, our third eye, and our crown. Okay? Those are the seven that we're the most familiar about. There's more. Oh, yeah. But we're not going to go. That's like crazy sacred geometry, you know. As above, so right. below, as within. So the Angelica. chakra system, you know, <laughs> has been illuminated through eastern practices of you know things like chinese medicine and qigong and the meridians they call them in that and shiatsu but in the hindu practices that that's where a lot of the chakra system comes from and that's thousands and thousands and thousands of years of information so what i do my like super stripped down uh layman's explanation of this for most people cuz most people don't want to do that work. They don't want to do the work of studying what that stuff is, and that's fine. For uh, cuz usually it opens them up. This is a I, I consider myself a gateway person. <laughs> like I'm the gateway drug of of these, "Hey, look at this over here. It's really cool." So, what I do with decoding is I do it in the shower, and because that's my element, water is my element. Some people do it with fire, some people do it like with air, like whatever is your thing. You don't have to do it with an elemental, but this is just my practice. I'm sharing so I go in the shower and I have what equals um, an energetic hot butter knife. And I will, going along my chakra system front and back and basically in all dimensions, I do this as a multi-dimensional creature because a lot of times I really believe our oversoul has connections to people and experiences Specifically, that still linger and can mm. reattach themselves. So, the cords, it's like this. If you know how the vacuum cleaner that when you were young had the retractable cord, <laughs> and so the cord goes out and you go throughout the whole house, and then you need to like put the vacuum cleaner away, and you have to give a tug on the cord for it to like broop, spoop, and go right back into the machine, and then you put it in the closet. I think of decording like that, like I have plugged into a bazillion people that I love and people that I know. I send out chords like that and plug into their chakra systems, sometimes in balance, sometimes not in balance. And so what I need to do in this decording is I need to retract back from places I've sent them all of the different chords that I have coming from my person out to other people. And then um, they've also plugged into me. So the hot butter knife, after I've retracted all my stuff and basically returned all my energy to myself, then I see what's attached to me that is not mine. Mm -hmm. And so then I will take this butter knife that's hot and instead of like. Like taking a blowtorch and being like, fuck off, get away from me. Like that's not what all these cords are about. Some of them maybe. Some of them are, maybe. Um, But some of them you've allowed permission to. But just in this moment of reset, I um, let me back up. I first create a hard boundary soap bubble around my entire um, 20 acres that we've talked about. That's my space. I pull all my energy back. And then I take this butter knife and I cut gently through all of the cords that remain that are coming to me from elsewhere. And then they all, and I, and I bless them and say, please return to that from which you have come with peace and joy. And thank you very much. And the butter knife effectively softly cauterizes all of those connections so that they heal instantly. Um, And then I'm in this kind of hard boundaried soap bubble so I can for just for the remaining time that I'm in the shower, experience what it's like to be only my energy. All of my energy has been returned to me and any energy that anyone has put into me is not, is disconnected right now. Now, when I envision people courting to me or myself courting to others, I also see those cords in the color of the chakra that I connect them to. And how you test this is if I were to say, okay, I'm going to do this experiment with Tanji because she doesn't know I'm going to do it. So put your pen down. When I say this person's name, I want you to take both of your hands and place them on your body where you feel the strongest when I say this person's name. All right. And Gail. Okay. Now Tanji has placed both of her hands at her throat chakra. What does that tell you, if you wish to share?
1: Um, maybe there are some things that <clears throat>
0: haven't been said that need to be said. Right. So there's blockage or there's concern or that where you're most connected with that person is at your throat mm-hmm. chakra, which is either when we talk about the blockage, it's talking about not speaking your truth or um, feeling like you, you've given your voice away. It's kind of the Ursula Mm -hmm. curse kind of thing where you've given your voice to somebody else or your power of of what you say to other people so that in decording you can you know if, if I were to envision that because she put two hands there I would say that that cord that's connected from her either from her I suspect because it's both both hands she connects that cord to this person and they connect that their cord to her in this same point because it's so strong But that would be the cord color would be blue and its thickness is probably as thick as it could be, which is if you put her her index finger and her thumb together like you're doing the OK sign, that is pretty thick, right? So there are so like you can if you choose to, if you can visualize like and you want to analyze before you do this, before you let this stuff go, it's like. Because that helps give you a lot of information about how your energy management is. You know, for me, um, if someone's plugged into my will, if there's somebody that I have allowed to to connect to my solar plexus, that'll be a bright yellow. And it will uh, be thicker because I've either allowed it or I'm giving my power away. Mm-hmm. Right. So I do this bubble that prevents any cuz what will happen is when somebody is connected into you and imbalancedly drawing from you or they're kind of sort of feeding off of you if you disconnect that it like a lamprey is going to instantly try to reconnect so that's why i put the hard kind of soap bubble so that if they do try to they're just going to smack against that that barrier and not be able to reconnect to me So I will clean everything off, cauterize it, reset it. So I've drawn all my energy in. I do a blessing on thanking my chakra system, my meat suit, my esoteric body and everybody around me. And that basically those things that I allow to reestablish to me in balance are allowed to come back once I step out of this safety zone and they don't instantly come back. They just kind of gradually do like... Obviously, if you have a good relationship with your parents and they're still with you here on this physical plane, like they're going to connect to you at a couple points or your siblings or your spouse or your children, those are kind of usually givens because you've decided that this is the agreement that you have. But like that person at work that's like wanting to like usurp your being or wants what you have or um, really, really likes you or something like those don't get to be established unless you've said it's okay i mean they do eventually because they uh, they accrue and when i became aware of this for myself when i was having energy healing done i was being uh schooled on the fact that i did not have a really strong um barrier of self so i'd walk across the street and someone across the street from me would go hey that's a bright shiny i want a piece of that and they would send a tendril hook out and it would be as thin as a piece of thread, but it would have these barbed hooks on it and it would like stick on my sweater. Yeah. And uh, my friend who was working on it, she's like, "Would you just get a sense of self, damn it? because it takes me 45 minutes to get all this shit off you before we can even get to working on you because you just let everybody take your juice, knock it off. So that's how I came into this practice. And I have found it again and again and again being incredibly powerful My recommendation is you do something like this before you do the uncrossing, because that helps the uncrossing be clearer, because it doesn't have to wade through all this other junk. Does that make sense? Yeah, because there's not a bunch
1: of tendrils wrapped around your energy points so that magic can get to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because here's the thing. You ever have this happen? You enchant for something and it happens to somebody
0: else? Yep. Hmm. Wonder why. (laughs) yep and that's the thing so like decording process some type of uncrossing and coupled with road opening work then do your magical thing i think you're just going to have a lot more impactful result of your enchantment Mm -hmm. for what you want and need to draw into your life than if you just did the enchantment alone
1: well and there's again there's multiple ways to decord right Mm -hmm. this is super effective um I'm not a strong visualizer, so it's not super effective for me. I need more concrete things. So I will do things like I will take something that is symbolic of me and something is symbolic of the other person, and I will tie them together with a piece of thread that's representative of the relationship, right? So if it's a heart-centered relationship, maybe I'll tie it together with pink or I'll tie it together with green. My thing is I always try and put, wrap it around us eight times because for me that's the number of karma right because if you think about eight turn it on its side it's infinity, it's infinity goes yeah. around goes around it's a circle it's a frequency um and then i will um go ahead and i will cut that cord between us because i need a physical representation because my brain doesn't do visualization right, so good which is a perfect example right? of how to do that if you're mind blind yeah So sometimes you just have to like work it in a way that makes sense with the way that your brain works. No one way is the only way and no one way is the way. So um, lots of ways to go there, but it's important to recognize that when we interact with other people, we are giving them permission to attach to us energetically. Sometimes we forget that. So if you're waiting in line at the local drugstore to get something and the person in front of you is being particularly nasty and impatient and complaining and oh woe is me about the lines and I'm never shopping here again and you are the kind of person, I don't know anybody like this, you are the kind of person who feels inclined to say, you know what? Um, We're all waiting and it would be a hell of a lot more pleasant for everybody if you would just keep that internal monologue internal. By opening your mouth and interacting with that person you have taken on some of that energy that you were just saying you didn't appreciate how are you protecting yourself from that Mm -hmm. you can go home and you can do a cleansing bath and decort from that energy at the end of the day and for me cleansing bath for decording pretty simple i want something that dissolves in water what dissolves in water salt easy peasy lemon squeezy um i'm also inclined to like go home and um have like a container of Raw, like kind of bigger sea salt chunks that I got from um, a local ethnic grocery store, and I have a big dish of those. And I'm inclined when I've had a day where I just feel like I have been surrounded by a bunch of, blech, I will scrub the bottom of my feet with those salt crystals to get all that stuff off of myself mm-hmm. before I will walk into my house the rest of the way, which is helpful. If everybody in my house had that energetic hygiene, oh, what it would a be temple! Lovely. <laughs>
0: you can lead from the front that's all you can do so so here these are some tools in terms of like underneath our you know part two again of this working with deity like there is you know it's an aspect of clean your room before you invite somebody over to like be in congress with you in an intimate way um so it you know these are just some suggestions about how to go about becoming aware if you aren't already of the extra things that that are necessary that are just logical
1: right so if you're going to invite deity over you're probably going to go out and sweep the front steps you're probably going to make sure there aren't cobwebs around the front door and in the hallway you're probably going to put away all those shoes that have been piling up there and all the coats that have been hanging up in the hall
0: you're going to scrub your toilet yeah maybe. You're going to been, clean
1: your sink um, clean all the extra stuff that's been cluttering up your sofa and your coffee table right you're going to do all those things to make that space conducive to company because you are saying I appreciate and respect you I want you to be comfortable in my home right I don't want you to feel uncomfortable or at a sort of state of dis-ease because of my clutter and mess and bullshit I'm going to put that away And I'm going to invite you into a place that is clean and clear so that we can have a conversation about the stuff that matters, right? That's step one. Step two is you want to have a conversation from a place that is actually going to go somewhere. How many times have you been in a situation where someone has come to you with a problem and they've asked for your advice on the problem because you have some experience with that kind of problem? Maybe you've overcome that kind of adversity. Maybe you've managed to take a relationship that was similar and make it healthy or maybe you've managed to leverage yourself out of it or whatever they've come to you and they've asked for your advice right so you sit down and you counsel them and you give them the best advice you can give them like the best help that you can give them and they walk away and they don't do anything with that advice they continue to do the same shit they were doing before they walked in your door and asked you for your wise counsel and advice do you want to do you want to do that again neither does no. deity do you fucking work Right. Because that's what they're going to tell you. They're going to stop showing up or if they do show up, it's going to be to get fed, but it's not going to be to feed you because they've given you the opportunity. That's my experience. Maybe yours is different. But for me, when I ask somebody for advice and then I don't take it, they're not inclined to help me again. And that's basically what you're asking for in this relationship. Most of the time when you are petitioning deity, it is because you either want more of something or you want less of something. But either way, what you're saying is
0: help. And the way to show you're serious about the outcome is making sure that you come ready to receive said help with having the ability to execute.
1: Well, in the desire. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's about being told, (laughs) you're the problem. What are you going to do about it?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's being willing to hear that and accept that and take it away and do something with it, not just dismiss it and blow it off. Like, that's not what I wanted to hear. So I'm going to ask somebody else.
0: Mm. I think it's hard. This is the hard work that everybody at every level of existence always has trouble with. Because we just don't want to do the work. I know I have that problem. Well, a lot. My ego doesn't like being told that I'm the problem. But ego and I are a whole nother episode. <laughs> so this is just, um, you know, another step in this process. Um, the Can we talk a little bit about the blockbusting? Just because that was something I was unfamiliar with. Okay.
1: So blockbusting is something you're going to find in Hoodoo or Conjure tradition. And a lot of times, if you look online at, say, luckymojo.com, and you do Lucky Mojo plus blockbusting on a Google search, it's going to take you right to that page. You're going to see that the products, the little symbols and images that are on the products, whether it's an oil, a wash, a sachet powder, are sticks of dynamite. That tells you something, right? Mm-hmm. This is Big. This is something that is explosive. This is something that removes chronic obstacles. It blows them to smithereens. It does not care where the rubble falls. So you do a blockbuster because you want to overcome your addiction to some sort of pharmaceutical. Be specific in how you ask for assistance in overcoming your addiction to a pharmaceutical. Blockbuster happens big and it happens fast. What's a big, fast thing that can help you stop doing the thing that you've
0: been doing? You die. Yeah, you drop dead. (laughs) Problem solved. And scene. (laughs) My job here is done, says Spirit.
1: (laughs) I'm not saying magic can kill you, but I'm not saying that it won't either. So be specific. Blockbusting stuff is about removing chronic obstacles right freaking now. We're blowing it up. There's a boulder in the road. We're getting the dynamite. We're blowing it up. You can place those charges as carefully as possible, but it's still difficult to control the energy of an explosion. Because magic is wild. Yes. And you're talking about a concentrated amount of energy in a small, small amount of space and time, and anything can happen. This is stuff that if you were dealing with trying to get out of abusive relationships, trying to get over um, addiction problems, trying to break patterns that you've had all of your life, daddy issues, anyone? Oh, no. Um, This is good for that, but you have to be consistent and clear about what your
0: intention is, and you have to be willing to clean up the rubble. And my recommendation, which you do not have to take because you are a grown-ass person doing their own thing, but I can see where the leveraging of a blockbusting uh, practice would be because you have exhausted all the other avenues like road opening and decoding and, and clearing and, you know, all the things, all the tools just are not overcoming this particular blockage. So you have to make a choice to be like okay i'm going to take a crapshoot here we've tried everything and we just got to work this and then after that you would have to probably do more uncrossing and more clearing because you've got to pick up the rubble right because there's
1: no telling what's going to be under that rock when you blow it up right so there could be things that get unearthed that have been corked up with this that you had no idea were lingering under that rock right So, I would say for me, that's like the last recourse also. I want to go
0: the gentlest way possible before I get out the bazooka. So, this leads me into one of the things I was going to tell the story of from a previous podcast of how we got into this house. Oh, yes. So, I had never done road opening work before, and my teacher said a year ago, uh, this last August, so... August of 2018 he said on August 1st we're going to be doing a road opening work with this road opening deity and um, I'd never worked with this deity before and so he did some sigil work for us to all work and we did it it was a mass working and the deal was we were going to come together on a phone bridge line we were all going to be chanting this mantra together for 500 times And that 500 times was going to be directing at our own thing that we wanted to enchant for to clear the road, whatever our our topic was clearing the road for. Then we would take a short little pause and then we would do another 500 mantras to put in the pool of everybody that was working so that everybody had access to this. So we were first taking the first half specifically for us, and then the second half was being gifted to all of those participating so that we all had a kitty to pull from that energy collectively. And it was like 45 minutes of chanting at the speed of light because <laughs> our teacher's <is> just like, <laughs> have day, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? And we're trying to keep up, and I've never... I mean, I've sung in, you know, and done, you know, chanting before in this, in this uh, belief system, but I had never... Done this, dude. My mala beads get hot. I'm clicking them so fast. I don't. I can't even <laughs> click them. I don't even have mala beads to click. I'm like, I just kind of go in the zone and <laughs> everything. So I we did this thing, and the the what I was asking for was, you know, I was not happy with with uh, my life at the moment, and I needed some clearing of the way t- so that things could flow to me that helped me kind of whatever. I was not very specific. I was just kind of, you know, like, let's just make things happier, easy, and delightful. So that was the first. Four days later, I opened my bathroom door, which I keep closed because the cat likes to go in the shower and sing, and it drives me crazy. (laughs) So I would keep the door closed, and I came and opened the door, and there was this horrible false smell in my bathroom. Uh And then I turned on the light and in my sink looked like a tea leaf reading, like there was no fluid or anything in my sink, but there was, I had just cleaned my bathroom the day before and I was so happy because I hadn't cleaned it for, for a while, like down to the like grout and everything and washing the big huge mirrors and everything and everything was just clean. So I was super excited and I didn't even get to enjoy it for a goddess in blood day and I look in my sink and it is got these black streaks of weird. And I'm like, "Is and it was all streak. Like there had obviously been fluid in my sink, but then it drained away. But it, I went to touch it. And it was bone dry. It was so weird. Cause I, it's not like I, I hadn't been in my bathroom yet, but it was weird. So then I went away and came back later in the day and thankfully opened my door again. And then saw my entire sink was filled with this fluid that had a, rainbow aura on top because it was like full of some kind of oil and whatever. So what was determined was that the sewage was backing up into my sink in my bathroom from somewhere else in the building. And this is a relatively new refurbed building. So there was really no reason for it. So I called the emergency number, took them forever to get back to me. I was up all night waiting for them to call. I was super, super mad. And then they, the my normal maintenance guy, like, contacted me. He's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'll get a plumber over there right away. So then this, Tangy was over this day. Yeah. So the, the magical plumber shows up, fixes everything, what have you. And then we have this amazing conversation that's a whole other story, a whole, whole other show. Story. But, <laughs> um, so it was, it was, like, totally great. He goes away. Everything's fine. But, but then, two days later my current roommate who was my neighbor and i went to go resign from doing a thing that we just were not i was got i got clear with the road opening because one of my petitions was i'm not sure what to do i don't feel right about this so we both resigned which then leaded to by the 24th of august we were served eviction notices stating that we had broken the tenants of our lease because we made the complex look bad because of a thing we had done which was total bullshit. But we literally got removed out of our home. I'd lived in this building for a decade and we had to then go out and try to find a place to live, which we couldn't afford by ourselves, which then led us literally the next week to this house and we came and, well, we, we, I talked with the landlord, and he didn't want to look at anybody else. He had had other people. We came. He met us. He was like, oh, my gosh, you're my people. We didn't have to sign a, a security deposit. He didn't want to do a credit check. He was just like, ah, I know you're good for it. We gave him some peach, peach reserves. And the next thing you know, we were able to live in this totally magical house. And all of this transpired in less than 30 days from this road opening. And my answer to this question was... Be careful what you ask for (laughs) and be very specific because this deity was like helping me get out of my own way. I had never in a million years would have guessed that the blockage that I had was where I effing lived because it was what I had manifested to live in an artist community. And spirit was like, and we're done here and moved me like a chess piece across the city into a neighborhood I would have, I didn't even know anything about. I'd only been in it a couple times in 30 years. So it was just like, if you are going to be petitioning deity, you have to know that deity has your best interest at heart, even when you don't. But it's going to Ragnarok your life if you do not get as clear as you possibly can. Are you going to get completely clear and, and surprises aren't, aren't going to happen? No, you're going to be surprised because we're human and we can't see shit sometimes. But this is just a cautionary tale that turned out really, really well. I'm super, super blessed that it did. And there are, I still to this day, a year and a half later, just sit here every once in a while and and look at this house and go, the fuck, thank you, magic. (laughs) You know, thank you, deity that we worked with, because this is ridiculous. (laughs) But it was expensive and arduous and the whole mood. And it and it was also, it hit me at my integral core because I was being accused, as was when my roommates, we were being accused of lying, which we were like, no, this is not okay. And what was even funnier, I'm normally a stand up and fight the power because fuck pants. And the next morning after we had received this formal paperwork, a friend of mine out of the blue sent me a pair of wushu broadswords that just showed up at my door and my mom the night before she's like you gotta fight this this is crap and then these swords showed up at my doorstep and I looked at the swords which were magical and everything but I went yeah I just don't want to fight this I just don't want to fight this because I knew in my being somewhere that spirit like deity had said we're done here and you need to move and once we had established that because we, we got into this right when all the college students were looking for stuff. Because this is, got to remember, this is like the third, fourth week of August. <laughs> so there was, there was a bunch of stuff, and then there was nothing. <laughs> it just so, ugh. Oh. And now, every time we have an interaction with our magical landlord, I just, I'm like, yeah So be careful what you ask for, and be clear.
1: And understand that things do not show up on your timeline. Nope. And rarely do they show up on your terms. And they may show up sooner than your timeline is ready to absorb. <laughs> right. And they may show up in a term or condition that you're not really ready to deal with right now. Oh, my God. Take it when it's offered. Yes, because it's time. Um, that's that's probably the best advice that I could possibly give you in doing any of this work. If you are uncrossing and you are road opening and you are like decording, decording and blockbusting, you are, you are enchanting for a brand new fabulous life and you are like, building a relationship with deity to get you there and they give you what you ask for and you're like oh but I'm not ready for it yet
0: take it you better strap in babe
1: <laughs> i don't want a pack house pack house right um because that's magic like i do not believe that time and space exist in the liminal they are not considerations So that's why sometimes things show up to you the next day, and that's why sometimes things show up five years later after you had forgotten you asked for them. Um, They show up at the time when it is most advantageous for you. It may not seem like it at that time, but it is. This is one of those things where the last thing I want to do is tell you to have faith.
0: So just believe in what you ask for. Well, believe that you're that powerful to call that into being with your allies and in Congress, with those powerful beings that can help, like the, there is a, a responsibility that you need to bear, as a, a as a magical creature, that says you are in this world but not necessarily of it. But that doesn't mean that you can't influence it as well, good or bad. So by acknowledging that you have the power, like I know, working with that road opening. To the point where when we were, we were going to do another road opening, like nine months later, I bowed out of that one. I was like, I'm ah! still dealing with the first one, y'all. So I'll just <laughs> send you peace and love because I'm not going to, nope. And I work with that deity every day too. And we, we just did another road opening and I did participate in that one, you know, because now I've, I've like, Oh, I've seen this work in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, I have proofs in the pudding. I cannot deny what is happening. So Right. So it's, it's, um, it's really difficult to do this work casually, in my opinion, because that's where danger comes in for me. Like if I'm not really focused on doing it, I just choose not to do it. If I'm not ready to do it, I just go, nope, until I'm in the mindset where I can handle what it's gonna, what's gonna come, then I'm not going to do it.
1: Just commit to what you ask for. You're asking for it if you want it commit to it it's and i know that's like well that's simple to say and hard to do well that's the point um anything worth having is worth working for if we could have magic on demand to have any idea what this planet would look like i don't want to contemplate it i don't want to contemplate it if everybody could just wake up tomorrow morning and everybody had magic on demand and they could just say what they wanted and it would just happen number one lots of people would drop dead right And, and lots of people would abuse power yeah it's just, we have to work for it because I think as a species, we're kind of impulsive. And I think magic kind of slows things down for us and says, look, I'll give you what you want, but I gotta know you want it. I gotta know. I gotta know that you want me. I am the magic. Do you want me? Come get me. It's, it's a courtship. It's a romance. It's a discovery,
0: right? But at the end of the day, it's you committing to yourself. And I know for me and my relationships with deity, they are very intimate. It is like if you've ever read Rumi poetry aloud, (laughs) that whole experience and expression of Rumi speaking to the universe can be interpreted like a lot of people when they're courting people will throw Rumi poetry at somebody and be like, oh, I feel about you. And I'm like, that's awesome. Except I really truly believe Rumi was speaking to spirit as the beloved that to me is very clear in my interpretation and so it is an intimate relationship and and thus you know we as humans do not do intimate relationships on this planet very well in my observation um but when you look at something like the mar the marble statues of saint Teresa in her throes of ecstasy as she's you know, having relation in her head with spirit, with God, with Jesus, it's rapturous. You know, it's very intense. And I think a lot of times people and in, in, and this is because I've done over 1100 weddings in some way, shape or form. And I, I, I have lots of statistics about how people don't stay together because it's hard work. And, um, we kind of live in this discardable throwaway community where even our vows are, you know, throw, we can throw them in the trash if we want to. And I know that that relationship building with deity for me is once they, once you've brought them in, you can have Congress, like they're every day, like we talked about last week, like there are times that energies come and go from you. But they're always with you. Like once Mm -hmm. you've done that work, they don't ever abandon you really. But they just maybe lessen their influence on you or your your Congress with them, you know, wanes and becomes like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen you in forever. How are you doing? You know, everything good with the kids? Okay, great. You know, see him at the annual Christmas party. But there are those relationships that I have with with energies that will never fade from my life. But that's because they're intimate, you know? I have luckily not met one that was crash and burn crazy.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the new relationship that I brewed on Beltane is going to be longer than the year and the day that we initially talked about. Mm -hmm. I'm sure of that already. What day was it? It's May 7th. It's been six days. I'm sure already that that relationship is not going anywhere that this is this is a long-haul thing hmm and I'm ecstatic about it I'm delighted by it so I'm willing to feed that every day and do the work that's required because it's our relationship hmm I got to show up in ways that are meaningful to me in ways that I can see feel taste hear, and understand as a human And deity will show up for me in ways that it can see, feel, taste, and understand as an energetic body. And the
0: way that we talk to each
1: other is magic.
0: Right. And so that is our kind of really brief snapshot into some practices that can help you in building that working relationship with deity to make sure you're getting out of your way, to make sure that you're clear, to ask for help from the spirit realm of plant allies and the crystal kingdom and the earth and all like work with whatever elementals that are in your world um, based on whatever your path is. Mm-hmm. They are eternal and they're here to help if we ask them to. And um you know, all of that leads up to, you know, the, the third part, which we'll be talking about next week is now that you've petitioned this energy and you've, you've cleared yourself and cleared the way and brought the road opening through and and moved the obstacles for that connection to work, then what? How do you set up housekeeping with your deity? Right, because this relationship is serious. mm -hmm. Somebody needs a key. Right. That's (laughs) that's where you are. And they might leave their toothbrush in the Mm -hmm. other bathroom. Um, So next week's uh, final part three of this series, Working with Deity, will be about things like altar building and spirit houses and places that you wish to have your relationship with those energies rest and or inhabit in a revered place in your in your home right and this is your chance like go crazy creative
1: arts and crafts time Um, this is a, a place that like you're creating for something that's beloved of you so really go the distance right? This is your place. It should be somewhere where you go and you feel joy or you feel peace or you feel just absolutely jazzed to be sitting down and talking with that energy, right? So it doesn't have to be whatever religion or or anything else told you that it needed to be when you were growing up. It doesn't have to be what you see pictures of, of shrines in this place or that place. It needs to be whatever the shrine is in your being,
0: brought manifest into this reality. Yep. And that there can be a, a Congress of summit there. So that's what we're going to talk about next week. And we really hope that you enjoy what you he- are hearing. And you can always check us out at the spiritual frequency.com. We are also on Facebook at the spiritual frequency. You can reach us to give us your feedback at spiritual frequency hosts at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on the links that we have listed in our notes um, with Camp Athena, she shed sonic priestess the grown-ass witch um we are always super excited to come blather our opinions in the ether to you <laughs> and hope that uh, you can find at least one little kernel of something that's helpful for for you and be sure to check out the back uh episodes this is episode 14 van 14. four so we're very excited and we really hope that um you'll tune in next week for part three right anything else Other than thank you so much, we're blessed to have you in our lives and
1: we cannot wait to reconnect with you next week on The Spiritual Frequency.